It's funny because I, for whatever reason, I, uh, I just, I'm not such, such an emotional person, but for whatever reason, something about today, the father wants to do, and, and I just can't help but crying. So I hope I'll be able to get, get through the message. So, um, it's, uh, I think it's all part of growing. There is a place when you, where you get, there's a place in life, um, once you get to that place, to that level, it's a constant losing yourself, constant putting to the side your desire, your thoughts, your plan, your ideas, your vision, and just keep surrendering, keep surrender. And I think uh, I'm getting to that place, as we all are. We all are getting to a place where we, it's all about him, all about him. And that comes through everything you do, through the music, through the talent that he gives you, through the word that he gives you, through your ministry. So, um, as I was praying this week, uh, as I was praying, um, the Father gave me this word to share with you, and I do not know how it's going to come about, and I don't want it to, I have no desire to come in between what the Holy Spirit wants to do. That's never our job. It's simply submitting ourselves and allow him to do what he does. Um, and it's a very basic, well, I want to say basic. It's a very simple word. But all it is is uh, it's, ne- it's nothing you've, never, you've ever heard before or you never heard before, but it's simply through this ministry, when we have a, because we have a new lens new understanding. So everything we now look into, even when we're reading the word, it means, it translates completely different because our lenses now are different. Everything we do, we do it from a child perspective. So when we read, even the worst, well, I don't want to say, even the, even the correction now, we're not afraid of taking correction. Because before, we used to think that correction was bad. But now we know that, in fact, that makes us more qualified. In fact, that makes us a children. That means we're even closer. We're not just regular people because he corrects his children. So that gives us a different level. That gives us a different uh, perspective of relationship. Amen? The theme for this week, uh, for this month is uh, be content. And I know that's not quite often coming because we all want supernatural overflow, a cup running over. <laughs> because that's, uh, and all of that is good. Don't get me wrong now because I desire the exact same thing also. <laughs> so to say otherwise, I would be lying to you. <laughs> But I think the only concept, the, mis- uh, the misunderstanding about 
overflow, often we look, in, we look at blessing at just what this world, because one, one thing we have to remember is, believe it or not, all of us has been programmed. We've been programmed for years and years and years. So even when we look at the word, we are constantly fighting with two perspectives. This new perspective as children, but also everything that was trained and taught to us by our circles, um, previous ministry, or family, or your, uh, your race, you know, uh, your culture, your, the household, you know. So even when, every time we look at the word, there's a constant fighting. It's a constant fight, a constant battle. Though we are walking into, okay, we know we are children of God. We are, we are more than conquer. We can do all these things. But constantly, it's like, okay, I know I'm a child of God, but am I really? Because we look at things, we determine blessings based on what the world has taught us is blessings. Hey, if I got a million dollars in the account, you know, in my account, I'm blessed. My children are, you know, are healed. They're not coughing. They're not, they don't, there's no sickness. I'm blessed. I got a great husband, a great wife. I'm blessed. I've been praying for something. I receive it. Okay, I'm blessed. But in reality, that's not what makes us blessed. We're not blessed because those things come about. Those are just byproduct of the relationship that we're part of. We receive those things as extra layers of part of being child of God. It's like Chris, like his children, they can, you know, whether or not they were punished, they can still eat. I'm sure he's not going to remove from, from them, food from them because you're going to starve them to death. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that they're, st- they're still not in punishment. You know, they're still being punished. He might say, you know, you can't watch TV for this period of time. I was at a pastor house recently. He had, uh, uh, and I think that's awesome, actually. And I'm telling you, Javon been reading so many books. Little that, little that he knows, he's actually just, he is, his mind is expanding. He is, that is, that's almost, that's like the best thing his dad could have ever done for him. Because there are so many impartation, so many knowledge and wisdom. I'm like, you know what? What kind of punishment is that? <laughs> to him right now, he's thinking that his dad is just, okay, this guy is just, okay, get off my back, or whatever, all that stuff. But in reality, that's part, that is a blessing. It's a form of correction, but it's a blessing. But also, even though he's being punished... He still watched TV. That's a different, you know, I guess this is the American way. (laughs) He still gets to watch TV. He still gets to eat. So I say that to say, don't look at your bank account to determine the relationship. Because it's not based on bank account. It's not based on numbers. It's not based on the things that human perspective often consider, okay, you're blessed. And that's why, like, as I was reading this week, the Father kept dropping in my spirit, my children are not content. They're not. 
it doesn't matter what I do for them. It's still like, you know, perfect example, like children of Israel. They give the manna. Okay, two days later. Oh, you know, you never done anything to us. You see, we haven't been eating forever. So it doesn't matter what he does for them because their ideal of blessing are those things. So there's always has to be a connection. Okay, this happened. Okay, I'm blessed. But in reality, they missed the whole, you know, the ultimate purpose, the ultimate thing. He gave us those things before he even knew who we were. Not even knowing whether or not we're going to receive that sacrifice. And most of us still haven't received it. So he went beyond. So let's go uh, to get into our uh, text today. Our theme is our series. It's going to be a whole series, and we're going to try to break it down. Today we're going to give you the uh, spiritual perspective of it, of being content. Or be content, I'm sorry. So um, and what... What better example to use? Philippians 4, verse 10. <laughs> the screen is working. That's awesome. Projector. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to be reading the uh, Amplify uh, version because it goes in so much details that it's just beautiful. I would break it down. Not that I speak from any personal need. This is Paul talking. But I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ. Satisfied, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or unease. Regardless of my circumstance. And he goes further to say, not that I speak from a personal need, for I have learned I'm sorry, I think I got this twice. Oh, yeah. Not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ. I'm sorry, I think that's the same verse. Okay. I know how to get along and live humbly in difficulties and in difficult time, and I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. Pretty much what he's saying is he's pretty much going into details about his life. And there's another chapter, I don't want to go ahead of myself, but in Roman, he talks, his perspective is com- completely different. We'll get to that a little bit different uh, later. But he's talking about how regardless of the circumstance, he have grown mature to a place None of that stuff shake him. None of that stuff matters to him. Hey, if I have a lot of money today, I'm fine. Though that's often not the gospel that we are familiar with because it's almost about blessing. A breakthrough is coming. Heaven, you know, is getting ready to open. And all of that is great. But remind you that the Father is good regardless of your circumstance. He is awesome regardless of my circumstance. Because my circumstance is not what defines the relationship. Because he gave his son before our circumstance, correct? And I also know how to enjoy abundance. 
and live in prosperity. So he's talking about a person that, hey, you know what? When I have a lot, I'm perfectly fine. I know how to enjoy it. I know how to save. I know how to give. And when I don't have anything, I still know how to give. I still know how to be happy. I still know how to walk and praise him like it was, like manna had just fallen from heaven. And that's the type of level of content he's talking about. Hey, you know what? I don't let my circumstance define my happiness. I don't let my circumstance define how I act today. Because some people, you do not want to be around them when they have a bad day. You do not want to be around them when the bills are paid. Hey, you know what? I'll talk to you after I got that money to cover that water bill. And, but this man who has grown into maturity, but I guess that's the part of it. He has grown to a level of, to a place where those things don't even shake him. In fact, I'm thinking that he, I don't even think he prays about those things anymore. And Philippian, you know, comparing, starting in Roman to Philippian, I don't even think he prays about stuff like that anymore. You have to get to a place where you don't even have to pray about those things. Because why? He says, if I take care or provide for the lilies and the birds, they can die today and, you know, just throw them in the trash. And he did not give his son for them. How much more would I give you? So are the lilies more important? Are the birds more important? Yes, they sing well. That's nice. They can sing high keys. (laughs) You know, have you guys ever heard like when birds are singing? They have beautiful voices. But that still doesn't define this circumstance right here. He's saying that, you know what? Pretty much what Paul is saying, you know what? I've got to a place in my life where I don't even pray about certain things anymore. I don't pray about those things. I don't pray about what I'm going to eat tomorrow. Who does that? (laughs) That's pretty much what he's saying. Why do I have to pray when I didn't create myself? I did not create myself. Your children, they don't care about where you get that money from. If you have to call 911, 411, 211, (laughs) you better bring that for the, you know, you better bring some food to the table. So as children of God, we have to come to that place. And this is what Paul is telling us about. In any, in every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing life. Whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need, He says, I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret of facing life and all those things. So he's talking about all those things. I've learned the secret on how to not let those things run my life anymore. 
So he's talking about a level of maturity. Now he matured to that place where, you know what? Those things, I don't even pray. One time I was listening to uh, Miles Monroe, if I'm correct. He talks about, he, he has got to a place, he got to a place in his life where he doesn't even pray about, if I'm correct, money. He's like, why would I have to do that? Like, who does that? And that was quite fascinating because that is something that we all want. But the interesting thing, but the lesson on that is it wasn't so much about the ideal of money, but it was, he's talking about the content, being content, where you are satisfied because that now takes a whole different level because he talks about being wealthy and also poor. So the con, so he's not, Having it is not the issue, but it's when you get to a place of maturity of whatever happens in my life, I'm fine. However things come about, I'm fine. Because we live in a society, we place a title on everything, and we connect joy with things that, are, that have nothing to do with our life. We connect joy with things that have nothing to do when, when he was in heaven creating plans, he says, hey, you know what? Let's make, make mankind in our image, in likeness. Money had nothing <laughs> to do with that. The things that we are placing or we're literally allowing to control our emotion, to control how we wake up this morning, those things are not even part of his plan. Like, they, they weren't even part of pre-existence. So those things that we bring those things in ourselves. Those are things that we bring on ourselves. Why? Because we're never happy. We're never happy. And the Father today want you to know that, hey, you know what, you have to get to a place where you have to be content with what you have. Because how you deal with that, then I can bless you more. Because in that, I'm training you. I'm training you on how to manage your emotion. Because if every little bit of thing drives you crazy, then what's going on? So it's, it has nothing to do with the receiving, but he's training you to train your emotion. Because the Gentiles, that's what they do. They place their relationship with the things that they have. They place their le level of standard based on things. But us as children of God, we have a different relationship. We have something that is more, much more powerful. We are children of the most high God. We have his DNA. Do you know how much that's worth? You can't put a price tag on that. Let's look at the definition of content. It pretty much says that it's self-sufficiency. It's also in Greek. I don't speak Greek. I speak French. So I, uh, <laughs> it says, I think that was good, right? There we go. I think you guys understand well enough. <laughs> Self-sufficient. I was looking into a definition. It says that 
True, cont- true contentment is a deep-seated sense of accepting who and where you are at any given moment. Be happy right where you are. Be happy right where you are in life. Because a lot of time we always expecting, most people, they look at, oh, you know what, once I get this next job, I'll be good, I'll pray 10 hours. Once this happened, once I get this husband, this wife, oh man, okay, I'll be good. I start doing what I need to do. You know, I start running, I still start doing marathon. Once I get this promotion, you know what, okay, once I get this, I've been praying for this promotion. The reason why I'm not being, you know, I'm not being disciplined, the reason why I'm not, you know, I'm... I gain a few extra pounds is because I've been really extremely unhappy with the position I am at my job. Now I, once I get it, I'll, I'll be good. I'll be, I'll, I'll be hitting the gym. I'll have enough money to pay a membership. So there's always something connecting with why. But when the Bible talks about to be happy right where you are, what if you die today? We don't know what tomorrow is going to happen. You know, we don't, tomorrow is not up to us. So if I keep waiting on, okay, you know what? Once this happens tomorrow, I'll do this. So we're literally playing God. We're playing God position. You know what? Once this happened, once that person come through, once this opportunity hit, I heard somebody say, you hit the lick? Is it, is that, is, is it? I don't really know how to say it, but that's, yeah. Hit a lick. Or, am I correct? There we go. Once I hit a lick, then I'll be good. I'm like, what if you never hit that? <laughs> what if you never hit it? You'll get, you know, you'll be in trouble. So do not, Paul is advising us not to connect God's purpose, who we are. Don't put it around circumstance. Don't connect who God predestined us to be with our circumstance. Because when he was doing that, he had nothing to do with circumstance. He know that will happen. But he says, I've given you authority over all things. So whether or not somebody hit you, slap you today, okay, you know what, that, you know, it get you upset, you still walked into it. Because a lot of time, I've seen it so many times where somebody, their whole day will be messed up because somebody said the wrong, the wrong word. Somebody look at them sideways, I'm telling you, that is immature. And we are all growing. But we can stay like that forever. Because if I spent 30 years, if every time somebody look at me, it messed up my whole day. That's 30 years of my life I just lost. Amen? I just lost 30 years on being upset with a look. <laughs> so we got to do better. We have to mature. Amen? We can't let our circumstance, we can't let situation define. Because you know what? The world, that's what the world does. The world defines things based on what they have. But one thing they don't have is happiness. You can get all these things, 
You can get all these things, but yet you're not happy. You can get all of it, and you're still not happy. There's, all, there's, there's always constant grief. And one thing we have to be extremely careful about is often the desire of wanting more and more and more and more and more can turn into greed. Because we always want more. And it's not bad to want more, but one thing the Father told us is to be content. And that means a lot because, hey, you know what? I want to be the, great, the greatest next thing. But nevertheless, while I'm here, I'm still going to enjoy that stage. Amen? I want to be the next greatest superstar. So do I not sing here and wait till I get to... What is going on? Do I not use that stage and wait till I get to, what is it, the Staples Center? So we have to be content right where we are. And I say this from a place of, because in those moments, the Father's training us. He is equipping us. He is building your confidence. Let's look into Romans, Romans 12, verse 2. And this is what he's telling us. And remind you, I told you that early on the verse in Ephesians, which was, uh, that was four chapters later, not four chapters, four books later. In Romans, which was before, look at his conversation. This is Paul talking. Don't copy the behavior and custom of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Isn't that beautiful? So early on in Roman, he was saying, you know what? You can see a level of growth and level of maturity. Early on in the chapter, which is in Romans, this is what Romans was after. He's telling them, hey, you know what? He's advising them about transforming their mind. He's like, don't copy the behavior of how the world does things. Because we mind you, I told you that we all been programmed. We all been programmed from child from birth. How we think, how we say things. It's completely opposite. <laughs> From what the father has planned. He's like, you're mighty. And he's like, hey, you know what? No, I, I'm, I don't even, you know, I'm ugly. You're great. Uh, you know what? I'm barely making it. Are you rich? Um, my bank account is negative zero. So everything he's saying, we're thinking quite the opposite. Reason why? And it's not our fault. We've been here for quite for a very long time. So because we've been here for a very long time... And our circumstance, our circle, our community plays a major role in how we think. And I always say this. I say the enemy, Satan, he did a number on the body of Christ. He did a big number, not a small one. <laughs> he did a big number. He's, he, he purposely, he trained, I think his best skill set is 
training on how to turn children into orphans. <laughs> I think he has a master or maybe a PhD on turning children into orphans. Mine. So we're talking about the mind now. So I say that to say, because we've been literally programmed to think everything opposite to what the Father says, now we look at our circumstance differently. So Paul, because now he's at a place of maturity, he's not looking at circumstance. And because again, for someone like him in Philippians to say that, and then early on in Roman, he was talking about transforming your mind. He must have went through it. That means he went through it. He dealt with it. He know he's given you his experience. He's like, you know what? I went through all of these things. And none of them define who I am. An apostle, a master builder. Amen? None of it disqualify me. None of it makes me think less of who I am. A master builder. And he did went through a lot of things. But he still talks about, you know what? I've come to that knowledge, and that's what he says. I've come to the secret of understanding that none of those things matters. This, well, none of those things determine my relationship. And it's funny because many times he talks about that. He's always talking about a secret that he discovered. Hey, he has come to the secret of knowing that, hey, we are... That Christ in us. So he's always coming to a new revelation of something. And then this chapter, he, he said, oh, I think I break the code. I break the code. I hit a lick. <laughs> I've come to the knowledge that none of those things. Can we go back to it? That verse is just so powerful. Let me see. In Philippians 4 verse 12, in any and every circumstance, I've come to learn the secret of facing life, whether well-fed or going through hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need. So he has mastered his, he has mastered his emotion. He has mastered his emotion. Hey, I'm not... I'm happy wherever I am. And again, we talked about and all those things, and that's why I've come to that understanding knowing that it's extremely important to be very sensitive about who we, who, who we allow minister to us, where we spend our time, what we listen to, what we fed our mind, the movies we watch, the st- stuff that we allow constantly ministering, especially once we've come to the, w- once we enter that relationship with him. Because have you ever noticed that when a person is in the world, most of the time they don't even know whether or not the enemy is after them. They don't even care about whether they're being attacked, their family. They don't care about none of that. Because the, en- the enemy knows that, hey, you know what? I'm not even going to worry about you because you don't, know, you don't even know who you are. But once you come to the knowledge 
Once you step, once you receive Christ, he's like, you know, okay, I'm going to start attacking you because it seems like you, you're on the way to, <laughs> to know. But then once you step into divine generation, because you can be in many ministries and still not knowing who you are. I'm one of them. You can spend years in church and not knowing who you are, that you, have a, that you are seated in heavenly place, that you have authority. To have that same level of boldness to say, hey, you know what, I'm not even going to let those things, I'm not even going to pray about my bills. Father, if they close that house, well, that's, that's you. Because you've come to that place of not worrying about those things. Let alone now coming to identity, He's raging war against you. But the beauty about that is that he messed up because he'll allow you to get to that place. He said, hey, you know what? Because he, he should have really got you, but that's the only thing. Satan is always delayed. He's always late. He should have really got you while you were in the world. <laughs> He's always late. The same way with Jesus. Had he known that Jesus going on the cross was going to be this Many little Jesus, many little Christ. <laughs> he would have stopped right then and there, but he's always late. He doesn't have that level of revelation, as smart as he think he is. So, it's the same. The moment, the moment we now know who we are, we now have developed a diff- different level of boldness. Where, uh, you know what? Those things, I cannot let them bother me anymore. Like the children of Israel, right? Never satisfied. Never enough. The father, God never done, done anything for them. Nighttime, he, 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 there's, a, 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 there's a, a layer of fire on top of them, covering them, giving them light. Yet he still didn't do anything. During the morning time, when it's hot, there's cloud over them, covering them, so that they don't get, you know, super hot. Their clothes lasted, what, years. Yet, no, you still haven't done anything for me. So, what the Father really wants you to know is that until you can accept the stuff that he has done and be grateful... Then when the next thing happened, you may not even identify it because you're always on the next thing. You always, oh, you know what? That's, that's nothing. You have to enjoy what you have right now so that when bigger things come, not even bigger, I don't consider it as bigger. When the next thing comes, then you can acknowledge it. Because when you say bigger, you're pretty much saying the last one wasn't as good. The last thing wasn't as good. I'm just going to, okay, this is good. But then something else come again. Oh, the last thing wasn't as good. No, you have to be content right where you are. Be grateful. Give him praise and acknowledging for who he is in your life, how he manifested, how he's bringing you through things, how he has changed your situation. And the more you're doing that, it's like you're pouring seed. You're putting seed. So as children of God, he wants us to know that don't look at your circumstance. This is what the 
Gentiles praise about. The non-believers say the same thing. There has to be a difference. There has to be a difference between us and them. Why? Because he that is in us is greater. So we have to come to a place of knowing the different, of walking into our destiny. Because I kid you not, it's funny because um, early on in life, uh, I used to say that quite often. I used to look at somebody else's circumstance. Like, for example, somebody's, you know, they probably have a couple of cars or and stuff like that, a nice house. And I used to be like, well, I mean, I, I want that. And most of the time, you don't even know what that person is going through. They may not even be able to sleep at night because they're working <laughs> over hours to maintain that. Why? Because the world doesn't understand self-control. They do not understand self-control. And that is part of a discipline. Because if you always buying something, if you're always on the go of, hey, this last thing wasn't good, often people call me. <laughs> I'm looking at pasta. They're like, Kirby, you, you, <laughs> you're kind of cheap. I'm like, I don't think I am. <laughs> if I have a shoes, why, why, why do I need to buy a brand new one if it's still working, if it's still, I don't know, I feel like it's good. And I'm not saying you can buy as many shoes as you desire. That's where your heart is. <laughs> where your heart is, where your money <laughs> But it's just that for me, it was something different where the Father has to, it's for a greater purpose. Because he's given me discipline on not to, not, I don't want to say abuse, but overuse his blessing. Or even abuse it. You know, because you have to come to a place of self-control. If I buy 10 pair of shoes the last week, I do not need a new one just because I received 10 grand. I don't need it. Because that means every money he gives me, maybe you, who's to say that that money was for somebody else? Who's, somebody's about to get in, into a situation where I have to be that vessel. So we have to use self-control because self-control is in everything. The same principle that you use in one thing, it applies in everything else. But when you don't have self-control in one thing, then you literally miss self-control in everything else. And the Father often can't really bless you as much as he desires because you don't have any skill set of management. You don't know how to manage the blessing he's given you. You don't, have an, you don't know how to manage yourself. Waking up on time. Walking into the things, because the same principle applies in everything else. If you can be faithful in small things, then what? Faithful in greater things. So he will reward you with bigger things. So most of the time, Though we mind you, with the Father, it's not about money. What is money to him? What is money to the kingdom? Because he says, hey, you know what? If I didn't spare my son, why would not with him give you everything else? So that's not even an issue of, you know what? Me, okay, money, this, this. No, it's all about self-control, 
management. Be content. Can, I, can you be faithful in that discipline? Have discipline. Because the next level always come with discipline. Discipline, even on how to pray, discipline on how to wake up in the morning. I was reading a book. <laughs> they said most billionaires. And you know the funny thing is? The world understands God's system. They may not like him, but they love his system. <laughs> they may reject him, but they, you know what? This works. Because when it works, it works. So I've re- I was reading this book where it's a, um, but they, it's, I can't remember the full content, but it was something about waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning every day. 5 a.m. in the morning because he's given, they're giving themselves discipline. Most billionaires, by 5 a.m. in the morning, they're already up. But most of the time, when if you go to the house of a lot of believers, it's still 12. <laughs> it's 12, 12 p.m., they're still sleeping. Well, those that have a 9 to 5 by 8, 9, because, you know, this is, you know, you, somebody's clock, so you got to, uh, by 9, they're still sleeping. But can you imagine waking up at 5 if you have to go to work at 9? You've got three hours to pray to bring the kingdom here on earth, to read a book. So when he talks about that, it has nothing to do with things. It's all about discipline. It's all about self-control. And you know what? I've learned to be content in billions and small. When I'm hungry, I still pray. Most of us, we can't. The moment, and that's including me, honestly. <laughs> the moment we're fasting, I'll have, <laughs> you're fasting for like two days or three days. You have a family come in town. It's almost like you rejoicing that gives you a reason to break that fast. So you know what? At least you tell your mind, hey, you know what? A family come in town. Why wouldn't I go eat with them? Why wouldn't I? You know, the Lord knows. <laughs> he knows. So we find every reason. Or sometimes, like, I know for me, if we had, like, a last-minute booking and we, we didn't have, we didn't pre-order um, uh, cleaning staff, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be working over there. That's enough reason for me to break that fast. So you know what? I was sweating. I was hungry. I've been... <laughs> Self-discipline. You can't expect to go to higher level without the self-discipline. An athlete, it doesn't matter if they wake up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They, not, they may not feel it that day. I'm not feeling it. Whatever the case may be, you still have to push forward. Because the Father is not interested on how you feel. Because feeling that will come today in two seconds, it goes away. So most of the time, I've come to that. <laughs> they said, if you, most people, I was reading this uh, book, it talks about the reason why so many people are never happy is because they never, right where they are, they never even get a second to contemplate their current blessing. For example, um, the best way to do that is by walking into a room and just 
look at around the room and identify all the good things in that room without judging. Like, oh man, I might need a new chair. Oh my God, okay, I think this mattress is kind of, okay, it's been, I've had it for three months. Simply walked in there and just contemplating. Then you'll find so many things to be grateful for. Just by looking around. You're looking around, you know what? Okay, this is a nice limb. No judgment. So you literally close your eyes to the ideal of what judgment is. You just close that and then just looking in that room. So many things you'll be grateful for. So because of that, that's why most of the time the world is always their blood sugar. Well, not even the world, a lot of us. Our blood sugar is always up top. Our anxiety is always moving. There's always depression, oppressions, suppression, because there are things that we could have easily just lived through it. There are things like, hey, if I didn't have a car for this month, I'm not going to kill myself. But in that moment itself, we went to a place of like, oh my God, it's like the Father has never been alive. Or there is no God. And because of that, now we develop depression, oppression, suppression. (laughs) And I'm creating some illusion. (laughs) All of it. Why? Because we just don't understand how to be satisfied with what the Father has Right in your hand right now. The blessing. The job that you have right now. Be grateful for it. Be grateful for it. Because in that is your next blessing. But you missed it. That was your last blessing. But you're like, oh, Father, it's been 20 years. I've been praying for a blessing. I've been looking for a breakthrough. You had 10 breakthroughs. You missed all of them. Because you never acknowledged those last 10 ones. Amen? You had 10 breakthroughs. Oh my God, I'm praying for a breakthrough. It's been 20 years. You had 50 breakthroughs, I promise you. If you look it back, if you acknowledge, if you look back, like, you know what? That was a breakthrough. You know what? That was a blessing. I missed it. Why? Because you not living in the moment. You're always thinking about what didn't happen and what you're trying to do. But in missing out in the moment, Father, you know what? I have this right now. I'm grateful. But definitely, always, that doesn't negate or remove wanted more. That's not what this is about. We all want more. He wants to lavish his blessing over, you know, over us. He says, Jesus came so that we may have life and more abundantly. And honestly, we have it. But most of the time, we missed those abundance because we're thinking that the next big thing is once, okay, once I hit that, $10 million, $10 million lottery ticket, then that's, ooh, that's it. Once I hit that record deal, or once whatever, live in the moment. Acknowledge, be content with what he's, he, he's giving you, what he's doing right now in your life. Because if you looked around, it is, there's every, everything that you're expecting, everything you've been praying for is in it right now. Right in that business, that family member. You've been praying for your own family, you, or you've been praying for to start a new family. Well, you have plenty of families. Start with them. You have uncles, aunties, sister you haven't talked to five years. 
Start with them. Because the, the blessing is not as far as we're thinking it, you know. And what we, again, based on how the world makes things, you know, we've been trained by the world for many, many years. We look at, okay, those are blessings. When this happened, according to how I had it, planted in my mind, this, 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 that's a blessing. Whoa, that's a blessing. But the good thing is, well, the interesting thing about that is, the Father says, your ways, <laughs> well, his way is far from your ways. And the distance is from heaven, from earth to heaven. And we don't, we don't even know what that is. So when we are in the, when we look at our situation most of the time and you're like, oh my God, this is, this is, we name it everything. To him, often sometimes he hasn't come through because what you think is a problem is not even a problem to him. It could have been resolved by just you calling somebody. And you know what? You've been praying for a husband or a friend or whatever. Start with your family. You've been praying for children. Start with the children's church. You're getting training. And that's how we start. So we don't have to go as far as we think. Because, and sometimes we're praying, we haven't received answers. And he's been answering us. Hey, there's a bunch of kids here. Love them. Lavish your love. (laughs) Train how to love kids in that situation. Then when you receive yours, you'll be perfect. Those are the training that the Father. That is what he's trying to do with his people, with his children. He's trying to get us to a place where we don't let a little bit of things, those circumstances, define our moment. Like we're always looking for a defined moment, a defined, hey, ooh. And there's defined moment every second in your life. Every second, every breath you take, that's a defined moment. And a lot of time, you, if you don't understand what that looks like, you can take a trip to a place like Africa or where I'm from, Haiti, or some of the poorest place in the world. Then you'll see, okay, I have zillions of defined moments every second. So we have to understand to be grateful, content with what we have now. Because in it is our next, and when it comes, it, wouldn't, it, it won't be so much as a, the next breakthrough, it will just be a breakthrough. It will just be the next thing the Father's just promoting you. Because often that's the thing, we always, that's the concept, oh man, I'm looking for the next thing. It's not a next thing, and it can be a next thing, but all the last thing, they were also breakthroughs. This is not the breakthrough. There were all breakthroughs. Amen? There were all breakthroughs. This is just another one. You know? Because you've been faithful. Because you're ready for the next one. Because you mature. Because that breakthrough doesn't define who you are. Like Paul was saying, I don't care about this or that. Whether it comes, I'm still fine. I got one billion, that's good. Okay, I'll still come into church like on time. I have negative two dollars. I'll still be here. Matter of fact, I might be here even earlier. <laughs> so he wasn't. It wasn't about the next moment. Every second was a moment for him. 
But of course, we all understand we have to grow to that place. Amen? A place of maturity. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, for lavish your love and your blessing, Father God, on your children. Indeed, we are blessed. Father, indeed, we are blessed. Our life, Father God, is a blessing. The air we breathe, Father God, everywhere we go, Father God, your presence is there. Your angels, a down payment, Father God, to those of us, Father God, for those that are heir of salvation. So how can it not be, Father God, a blessing? And that we are seated in heavenly place, and that we are children of the Most High God, that we are heir, Father God, and joint heir with you, Father. Those are blessings, Father God. Families, friends, loved ones, Father. Those are blessings, Father God, in every second, every day of our life, Father. Being able, Father God, to minister to someone, being able, Father God, to pour into someone, that is a blessing, Father. So, Father God, we thank you, Father God. And today we've come to the knowledge and understanding, that Father, that we have to be grateful and content with what you're doing right now. Because otherwise we'll miss out, Father God. We'll miss on all the big moments. Because we're constantly searching for the next moment. So we miss out, Father God, on what you're doing right now, right now, right here, Father. Father God, we repent, Father God, from the world conception, perception, Father God, of blessing. Of what it looks like to look like to be blessed. Father, we are blessed and highly favored because we are your children. We are more than conquer, Father God, because your DNA is within us, Father. We have all things, Father, not because of what our account, of what our, the cars that we're driving, or any of that stuff. Father.